Moonies. Welcome to the Sailor Moon Fan Club podcast. I'm your host, Victoria L. Johnson, and I'm here with Phil, the Blurred Explorer, author of the Black Traveler's Guide ebook series. Hey, Phil, welcome to the Sailor Moon Fan Club podcast. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for coming on the show. I'm really excited to talk to you because I love South Korea. I've actually been to Seoul and Busan and Jeju Island. Okay, nice. Uh, but I've never been to Daegu, so I'm really excited to talk to you about that later. Sure, sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but um, obviously, like most of the world, I love um, K-dramas, I love K-pop, mm. and really like excited about your book. Um, but before we get into that, I have to ask you, what is your first memory of watching Sailor Moon? Uh, like many in the West, I would say Cartoon Network uh, was my first introduction. To say the move to Nami in the early early mid nineties. Um, I don't know who came first. I think it was either Dragon Ball came first, or usually I think it was Say the Moon was first. Then Dragon Ball came next. I only watched it I think because at the time, my older sister who was elementary school at the time, we both watched it. But then I stayed on because I didn't want to miss the intro to Dragon Ball Z. That's so funny. <laughs> you were like, "Oh, I, was, I want to show." Right, and you know how it is like back in the day when you were kids, like boys, like, "Oh, it's a girl show," but Loki's like. Okay, the, the intro slaps. Yeah. <laughs> Facts. Um, well, as you were watching the show inconspicuously, mm-hmm. um, did you have any favorite episodes or moments? Um, I don't think so. I definitely remember the um, those PSAs they did. Those cringy PSAs they had. And yeah. I was surprised to hear years later when I was an adult, like to find out that uh I didn't know this when you know, watching the show, of course, that uh that they had quote unquote cousins when in fact they were a gay couple i'm like wait what yeah censorship is real yeah <laughs> yeah that was uh it's a lot like even the sailor moon says um psas of the end you mentioned those were added in to the english version english dub version because mm-hmm. they like cut so much to censure and they needed yeah. to add something to like make up the 22 minutes or whatever um though it's so funny how like so much of what we saw is just so much of, of a result of just like some money to censor stuff. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, what can you do? Yeah. But yeah, those uh those are iconic and definitely will ask you to create your own later on too. Okay, that's um, fine. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, do you have a favorite Sailor Scout or Senshi? Mm, no, I don't really have one. I don't think so. Well, no. I guess probably Sailor Jupiter, because she's tall. And I'm tall too. Nice, yeah. I um, I've, I've I've always said that I think Sailor Jupiter is like the the black uh, people's favorite Sailor Scout. Yeah, like, really. A lot of black people love Sailor Jupiter. Yeah, and I don't know why. Okay, um, I'm I'm actually curious on this. Why do you think so? So my few thoughts are like I think it's because like she's kind of an outcast. Mm-hmm. You know, she's tall and she's like seen um. A lot of people are like afraid of her, you know, simply because of her appearance, mm-hmm. um, which you know I, a lot of black people can relate to. Oh um, yeah, I like it right now. People... Right, yeah. I'm all sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I also think black people just have a thing for green. I don't know what it is, but like I feel like we also love the Green Ranger and the Black Ranger, of course. Mm-hmm. Also love like Boba Fett, um, and I guess Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in general. Um, I'm trying to think who else, but I feel like there's something there, which is like black people in like green gear, even like Piccolo, even though like we, we claim him as black. <laughs> That's true. 
yeah so like i don't know i feel like there is there's something there black people and green but um those are really the only things i think and obviously like not every black person loves sailor jupiter it's not their favorite but i do find that a lot of black people love sailor jupiter okay that's that helps yeah but that is a great answer she is a fan favorite in general and she's such a good character i do want to talk about you as i mentioned like love korea um what made you want to move to korea uh well honestly i was a senior year in college about to be 25 and i needed a job because that's how i got here really but uh to let's go back rewind a bit uh so it was uh, fall 2015, last semester of college, you know, as seniors do, you're sitting at resumes, trying to go to job fairs, nothing was landing, and then one day, uh, I saw my university's job board about teaching English in South Korea, so I'm like, alright, I'll check a look at it, because one, I always wanted to travel as a kid, but, you know, growing up in America, I never heard of a black person traveling for fun, and if they, if it, or lived abroad, if they did, they're mostly because they're in the military, almost always, particularly the army. Right. Like, I never heard of a black person who's lived abroad ever. Like, maybe I got one aunt or two that I may may not know about, but that's about it. Everybody else, I, all the time I ever asked about anybody who's traveled abroad, it was because they're in the military. Yeah, I feel like so many people take advantage of now. Like, there's so many people I know living abroad, but, like, even just 10 years ago, like, that wasn't a thing. That wasn't and a thing, I remember, no. like. Yeah, and I remember like being in Facebook groups with, like, black people moving to South Korea to become teachers like yourself. And yeah, just like being like, okay, how is it? Are you good? Like, yeah, yeah, what's going on? Um, and even you know, even made it better for you know, sadly made it better for me that when I visited in 2017, because especially when I was in Seoul, I feel like they were just so used to seeing black people. Yeah, that's Seoul, um, Busan. You'll be fine there, but outside yeah. of that, it's a totally different story. <laughs> yeah, no, I had a um, I took a bus ride from. Uh, where was it? I think it was from Seoul to somewhere, and like we had to like do a layover in like middle of nowhere, and there it was like weird. It was a lot. We got a lot of attention. Me and my friend. Oh yeah, um, I can't confirm. Although to be fair, even when I go to Seoul, people will still stop staring at me. But then I'm a giant, so I'm a giant dark-skinned black man, so it doesn't help. Mm-hmm. For the yeah, record, I'm will... two hundred centimeters or six seven. Got it. Okay. I really needed that translation. I was like, I don't know centimeters. <laughs> yeah, that is really tall, actually. <laughs> I just realized. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I could see how that that would definitely, especially, yeah. I feel like, well, yeah, that would get attention to probably anywhere. Oh, yeah. I'd alone. So, but yeah, it is a thing. Um, That's cool, though. So, yeah, I completely agree. I also was tempted by, like, the... uh teaching jobs over there because i was like oh you can make money and like i don't know if you this is your case but i know a lot of times they pay for your like housing and i was yes, like man, this man yeah so i'm like this is a really great way to like save money pay off the student loan debt be in another country and just like right like, live life that was the original plan to come when i came to korea right, to pay off my right. student loan debt it's 2020 i moved here in may 2016 as of this recording i still haven't paid pay the student loan Oh no! <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, the student loan uh, system is broken, anyways. And, oh yeah. You know, I'm just hoping somebody comes and forgives these loans because exactly. I've forgiven them already, and <laughs> it needs exactly. else to agree with me. 
you and everybody else in the country was like, look, we were grateful for like the the grace period. We need to keep it going. Like that helps yeah. so much. Because I'm hoping it keeps going for another year. Because uh, right now my comic charts, my current job is coming to a close. I plan to renew it, and once it gets renewed, now it's like, okay, I'm comfortable. I'm stable. I can start making payments. I'm hoping that I'm stable again. So hoping that way, if we if they do another grace period, I can start paying them off easy. Yeah, well, I am hoping for you too, because that's really just seems so great to like be able to do if you're able to. Um, but yeah, how is it like being a teacher in Korea? Uh, it's definitely interesting. Um, now I came through Korea like most folks through what we call the Hogwans or at school English academies, uh, type right. of academies, right? Uh, there are many type of Hogwans: math, science, art. And the most prominent one I I did was uh, English Academies. So that's I've been doing that from 2016 up to February 2020, and in March 2020 I switched to public school, and I've been doing that since. Nice, 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 nice. Cool. What's oh, uh, cool. Um, is there any difference between the Hogwans and the public schools? I mean, obviously, besides ones being like a after school and being. Uh, you know, well, Hogwarts could be either morning or all day or evening or late night. So depends on your preference. Um, public school, right. again, you work at elementary, middle school, high school run by the, you know, local government, uh, depending on what city you're from, you're working in, of course, uh, each one has a pros and cons, but I prefer public school over Hogwarts any day of the week. Nice, nice, nice. Um, any particular reason? Oh, I got some stories. I got stories. <laughs> I have some horrible, horrible bad experience with Hogwarts. Ooh, yeah, I have, have numerous ones. I actually made a couple of TikTok videos about them too, explaining that. What? I missed that. Oh my god, I gotta go watch them. Do you mind? Do you mind sharing one? As oh, okay, I can give you one. Uh, the yeah. first one. This actually happened my very first job. I worked at this. I can't say the name of the branch because Korea's defamation laws. Uh, it's a particular franchise. It's, but that's as well known franchise. But at this branch, I worked there from May 2016 up to August 2016. And around August, uh, we our pay. It's like the 10th came around. No one got paid. A few days passed. We still oh get getting paid. And then we find out, oh, we're shutting down, and we're all out of a job. And no one, all the Korean staff, my fellow American co-teacher Destiny, and the bus driver, the cooks, no one got paid. Oh my god. Yeah, and that so that was horrible. And so, thankfully, I, I want to say it's the secretary. The secretary, like, she got, she was able to get us a lawyer. Because normally, when you go through the process of like uh, filing a complaint with the, like, it's the labor board, it's a quote unquote Korean labor board, labor board, excuse me, it takes a little bit of a while, right? Because there's so many of these same similar stories happening all the time, even now in 2021. But thankfully, she was able to get a Korean lawyer, so she kind of like, I guess, made things a little bit easier. Mm hmm. And so, fast forward to about, I want to say spring 2017, I get a call from my former co-teacher Destiny to say, hey, we need to go back to the city because, uh, so we can get our, our compensation. So I was able to get two months, so he cheated me on two months salary, which I was able to get compensated. Oh, that's good. I like a happy ending, because man, I was like, I know this is going to be bad, because that is a three-month employment period. <laughs> yeah, that that actually happened. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, I also got fired over a teacher who was extremely late numerous times, like two, one, two hours late. Wow. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Oh, and my favorite, my last one I had, 
this happened around April 2020. I quit my last Hogwarts job. I stopped working there back in February 2020. Around um, late March, early April, that former boss calls me to say, hey, I need you to return your TV to the apartment that you stay in that she provided, or I'm going to call the police on you. And I called her on a bullshit because, one, there was I told her, one, there was no TV in that apartment when I first moved in. Right. Two, right. I have the pictures in the chat to show that this TV that I have, I bought it from a fellow co-worker that, he bought, that I bought from before he left. So she's trying, she's basically trying to extort me and stuff. Wait, so she was saying that you, like, the TV came with the apartment and you tried to take it? No, yeah, she was trying to say that. But when I moved to the apartment, mm-hmm. there was no there was TV. No TV. Right, there was right. a cable box, but there's no yeah, TV. Yeah. Wow. I'm happy you had that proof because people are horrible. Oh, yeah. Mm, God, well, I'm definitely going to check out those TikTok videos because I can tell you have a lot of stories. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, which kind of leads me to the next part is, you know, you've kind of compiled some of these stories and, you know, some other things and some of your findings and uh, experiences into a book, which is awesome. Um, What made you want to start the Black Traveler's Guide ebook series? Well, honestly, it's more due to, well, my content is more about Black Travel being Blur's content, right? Uh, What led me to start doing this is because due to a lack of black travel content. This is during the when I first moved to Korea, of course, uh, back in the mid late 2010s. Um, I realized that when you're looking like you when you look at travel in general, right, even to this day, uh, travel space, most of the content creators, YouTubers, IG folk, most of them are mostly from white people's perspective, right? And when it comes to travel, especially for black people, uh, it's a ho- totally different experience, right? And especially it depends what type of black person and where you're from. For example, like, um, and I hate to say this, but a black person from Africa, person from Africa is going to get a totally different experience than, say, a black person from America or UK. I hate to say it, but it's, it's true. And it was one of those scenarios where it's like, okay, if no one's going to do it, then I'll do it, you know. And back in 20, May 2020, I came up with the idea of saying, okay, let me try writing this guy. Like, if no one's going to make one, I'll do it myself. And during the summer, I kind of got put on temporary leave to um for my for my job because of the pandemic so i spent the summer 2020 working on my first book called the black charles guide to incheon south korea nice yeah i actually don't know much about incheon yep and that's why i wanted to do incheon because i wanted to i could easily do seoul or busan right but mm-hmm. i wanted to stand out for one i wanted to test the water so i said okay let me start with see that i actually live in right now that's easier for me to get around in which is incheon at the time i figured okay we'll start the testing ground and then maybe book number two will go somewhere else. And because, like I said, and for me, one reason I didn't want to focus on Seoul or Busan because they're over overrated and oversaturated, completely oversaturated. Because mm-hmm. you can find almost everything on Seoul and Busan. Yeah. That makes so I sense. felt like there would be no challenge, there's no thrill in it if everybody's done talking about it to death, Seoul to death. Like everybody's talking about it. Yeah, you can find a lot of information on Seoul. Um, exactly. Yeah, and plus, yeah. everybody always wants to move to Seoul or Busan. Like, okay, that's not going to make it more fun. If mm. I'm going to write about something that's... You could literally take a five-cent Google check, you know? Right, yeah. Which leads me to, like... So you have a new book about Daegu. Um, yeah, so I guess it was kind of like... Was it a similar reasoning why you're like, I want to write a book about this? Yeah, and I actually lived in Daegu before, from 2018 oh, nice. to 2019. Um, it's actually, so far, it's one of my favorite cities that I lived in. I miss living there. 
because oh, the location is really nice. Yeah, it really mm-hmm. is. Um, because it's a uh, unique location, it made it easy to get around Korea too. It's a good sweet spot. And also, again, it's one of those things like again, like when people think of Korea, nowhere really thinks about Daegu. Everybody thinks of Seoul or Busan. That's it. So that's why. So at least for now, for my content, what I'm trying to do, I wanted to show Korea that's not Seoul or Busan. Yeah, that's really smart because I I hear I heard a lot about Daegu um solely from like um in the Facebook group I was in like black people who worked at Hagwons there yeah yeah and they I just remember seeing like them saying like oh it's like really great and like you know it's you know just as good as anywhere else it's just not as popular or you know as many people are familiar with it but and like looking through your you know book I got it you know advanced readers copy for anyone listening <laughs> but um uh yeah it's just like i'm looking through the pictures and i'm like man this is really cool i actually wish i would have stopped in here i mean you could fly there you got the airport too right there so yeah i mean you know between covid and a 14 hour flight <laughs> no yeah I'm, i wouldn't recommend would, coming to korea right now anyway but i would i would definitely come though i mean this looks really cool um and yeah i think i'm definitely due for another international trip um, that's super cool. Um, what would you say is the most interesting thing about Daegu? Definitely, honestly, um, the Daegu Chimic Festival, the Fried Chicken and Beer Festival. That sounds amazing. <laughs> oh yeah, it was amazing. Oh, you missed it, especially when you were in Korea. You should have gone. Like a it, so the Daegu. So for those who don't know, South Koreans love their fried chicken. I'll say more than black people because literally everywhere you go in Korea, there's always a franchise or independent shop everywhere in Korea. Even in the small towns like where I'm at right now, there's like seven, I think seven or eight of them. And it's marketing day too, so I'm going to probably get some chicken too. That's so funny. Yeah, that's another thing I know. There's a lot of fried chicken places in Korea. And I love their fried chicken too. It's just thin and crispy and just really good. All right, well, I definitely need to come back for that specifically because nothing motivates me more than food. <laughs> That's cool to know. Um, if you were to write another book, uh, where would you want to write it about? And it you know, doesn't have to be limit, uh, be South Korea, like a dream mm, place you would love to write well, about. I'm actually working on the, my, my next book is going to be about South Korea this time, the whole part of South Korea. Nice. So uh, so working on that, but of course, uh, I got to put it on on pause on the shelf right now because of the case number so you know i would love to go out and do traveling but gotta be careful at the same time you know yeah uh, that is so true but if i had a chance i would definitely want to go to taiwan uh i wanted because i've been in taiwan once and i had a great time what for a three-day trip back in um, 2019 and i've been dying to go back ever since i also tried maybe one from malaysia or um thailand that would be cool. I don't think, well, I'm sure that there might be a book, but I can't think of a book with, um, you know, for black travelers in Taiwan. So that would be really dope. Um, where did you say your third book was going to take place? Oh, I'm actually going to take place. This time I'm writing about South Korea as a whole. Oh, as a whole. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I'm going to call a lot of, a lot of places around the country, South Korea. Um, I'm, I have no idea when it's going to be released to be fair. Uh, of course, again, it's due to case numbers, pandemic. So as much, like with my second book, I had to plan out carefully when was the best time to travel. I had to wait for case numbers to drop down to be uh, safe enough to travel outside of Korea, outside of my town. Just you know, go out and research. 
Yeah. No, that makes sense. And yeah, I think that'd be really cool. Because like, I wish there was more resources about Jeju Island before I went. And to be fair, I didn't really look either that much. Because I assumed it was really small. And I didn't realize how big the island was. And it was just like so many things that I didn't realize. Like we ended up not staying next to the beach because we just assumed like if we we're next to the water would be next to the beach, but we were next to like um it was like rocks. Like a beach with rocks. Yeah, and I was just like, No <laughs> This is not a beach. Um and so yeah, we, we could have used your book <laughs> four years ago. But I'm happy it's here now. Um What do you say is your favorite piece of nerd merch? That you own, and have you watched any other anime since the early days of Tsunami? Uh, definitely. Um, I've also been watching anime now. I don't watch as much um, as I used to back in college days, you know, busy working sure. stuff. Um, definitely. Oh, my favorite nerd merch. Uh, this Pokemon banner. I no. Um, I got a Pokemon banner when I went to the Pokemon VGC tournaments pre-COVID. Oh, and this. Um, I still have it to this day. This Smash Bros. Uh, poster that I got from Smash Bros. Ultimate Tournament hosted by Nintendo of Korea. I went back in January, February 2019. Uh, There's another brother who showed up. Uh, I forgot his name. I can't remember his name. And we were the only two foreigners who showed up. And true story, when we entered the... This was at Lotte World Tower in Jamsil in Seoul. That's mm-hmm. where the event took place. And when I walked inside, <laughs> I remember the uh, the employees and staff, like when they were doing the introductions, they saw us sitting in the auditorium they're like, whoa, hello, because they're so surprised to see foreigners there. That's funny. Aww. And also, apparently, according to some of the Korean players I told who spoke English, they told me that some of the players were intimidated by me because of my size. Oh damn. And it's not the first time. Yeah. Um, I hear you're like a Smash champion, right? Nah, nah. No? I ain't okay. that good. Okay. I can hold my own. I've been to, I also, I'm part of the a Smash Bros. scene here in Korea. I actually started up a many all the tournaments take place in Seoul, mm-hmm. and I for a time I did start a scene up in Daegu, but that that's been on hiatus since 2020 for okay. obvious reasons. I was only asking because I know in the email he sent it's like also known as a six. I'm gonna six say this right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. my Smash Bros. ID. That's your oh okay, got it, got it, got it. I was like, this sounds fancy. And, like, I don't know much about Smash, so I was like, I don't know what this means. Sounds like a Smash champion to me. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I ain't that good, no. Nah. All right, well, that's cool, though. That is super cool. That sounds dope. Pokemon is a classic as well. Um, yeah, what? I actually had a chance to go to the first, and unfortunately, first and, and last offline VGC was back in December 2019 for Pokemon Sword and Shield. And nice. Yeah, that was the first and last offline Pokemon VGC tournament we had in Korea since. Because I think the the next tournament would t- offline tournament would take place around April, mm-hmm. March or April ish, but that didn't happen. Oh dang. Yeah, that is cool though. That is re- that's the real benefit of being like in Asia in general. I feel like you can just be so much closer to all these anime and video game events. Exactly. Like even back when I was living in South Carolina, where I'm from, like even the U.S. is hard to go to those type of events because U.S. is so massive and certain locations only have it, and you can't go with them all the time. Right. Yeah. Um. What else do you stand? We talked a lot about nerd stuff, but do you stand anything else? Uh, honestly, I'm definitely more history. Ooh, yeah. I enjoy reading about history uh, a lot more. Um, 
what's that book I'm reading right now? Oh, sorry. For <laughs> uh, <laughs> now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I actually or, made a TikTok video about that too with that same song. Smoke, uh, smoke it uh, out the window. I actually made a TikTok about that one. Nice. I gotta uh, watch that. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it was called... Uh, oh, yeah. It was called Wilmington's Lie. Uh, it was about it was a book about historical book about the uh, Wilmington massacre of uh, 1898. Mhm. And unfortunately that book actually became more relevant Wilmington became more relevant because of January 6, 2021. For those uh... who don't know. Yeah. So I highly recommend. So basically Wilmington for those who don't know Wilmington the Wilmington massacre mm-hmm. basically it's a fusion of January 6, 2021 and Tulsa massacre. That's the best way I can describe it. That sounds horrible, but <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I just quickly Googled it, and that seems like an accurate description. That is so sad. Uh, but it is. It is. Um, I think what's, a, what's that video? Uh, you, I saw on YouTube about it once. Uh, Vox, V-O-X, they did, mm-hmm. it's, they did actually did talk about it first, and that's what garnered my interest about learning more about Wilmington. Yeah. Because I never heard about it. I heard about Tulsa, but never Wilmington. Right. It's so sad how much we don't know, because... Black history in America is a joke when it comes to teaching it. Sometimes, oh yeah, nah, because they want, because they want to teach it. Like mm-hmm. they're afraid to admit, like yes, we did this. It's our fault. Like it's just again, that's why I kind of hate about the whole idea. Like I hate sound political, of course, right now. But like when I see conservatives talking about, well, what about career, career history, blah blah blah, I'm like guys, Germany, Uganda, they talk, they talk about these genocides in school all the time. It's just teaching history. The actual history, not the lies. Right, yeah, but actual history makes them look really bad, so. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, it's so sad, but what can we do? Um, Do you have any advice for someone who would want to start writing a book or even become a teacher in Korea? Uh, If you want to write a book, I say go for it. Uh, I think, honestly... At this point, with the pandemic taught me anything, it's like, okay, is there something you always talk about trying? Why not go for it? If it doesn't work out, hey, at least you say, I tried it, at least. True. Very true. And spe- specifically, like... Specifically. Now, in terms of Korea, I say if you want to try, you can, but please know, and this is not trying to, like, dissuade you or anything, just note that as somebody who's lived here, who's who's seen it right now, like, the market for trying to teach in Korea, unfortunately, is oversaturated with people who are trying to come to Korea. And that's due to to the pandemic. Because people lost their jobs. Uh, so if you want to try, I say you can still go for it. But just know it's going to be harder to find a job in Korea for those who are outside of Korea. And also, uh, especially with the new variant, it's definitely going to be pushing, delaying jobs or whatnot. I'm pretty sure a lot of people, and I can see it for sure, like people who were originally going to leave Korea back in 2020 or 2021, they delayed their jobs. They they stayed, they extended their savings in Korea because of the pandemic. So that's why, I mean, there are job openings, but at the same time, there's some people who aren't going to leave the best jobs. Let's put it that way, because of the pandemic. That makes sense. Yeah, I never even, I didn't even think about how the pandemic might have affected that market, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah it I mean, did, especially for the hog one industry. Like, it got hit hard. Like, right. people, especially for the, the people who lost their jobs when there was a case. This is back in 2020. Uh, some hog one branches and independent shops, uh, if there was a case at the school, Parents would pull the kids out of the hog ones, and of course, people which led to job loss. People lost their jobs, um, and especially if the hog one, if there's government order to shut down temporarily, 
you may not get paid, and that's legal. Wow. Yeah, oh, my I, gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's Hogwarts. Just keep that in mind. It's Hogwarts. Right, right, right. Uh, oh like I God, said, if you God. still want to come, I say go for it. But, again, just know what to expect. If you don't hear anything from a recruiter for a long time, it's again, because they're, they're worried. They got so many applicants trying to come to Korea more than ever. Right. That's, that's that good advice I'm talking about. <laughs> you need to know what you need to hear. Um, yeah, yeah. Especially, I believe, like, when it comes to living abroad in another country, you definitely, you shouldn't be, nothing should be sugar-coated. You should hear both the pros and the cons. Like, you should hear everything, even though, even though it sounds terrible, but when it comes to another country, you gotta know about what, to, what to expect. I agree, because that's a huge leap to take, and, you know, a lot of steps to go through, you know, to, to move to another country, so... The more information, the better. Like, give me the full picture. Let me know all the pros, all the cons. Um, and any advice specifically for like someone who wants to write like a traveler's guide? Um, I say go for it, but figure out what's your niche. Like, I mean, my content is more like you know overall general black travel, right? What's something that's never done before yet? Like, is there a travel guide for LGBT folk? Because obviously, for LGBTs, individuals, and couples. They could use them for sure. Yeah. Because some countries might be cool. Well, other countries, like majority of Africa and Middle East, Muslim countries, like, you want to avoid if you're LGBT. Right. Yeah. I remember um, with uh, my friend, we were, kind of, we were in Korea, and we were, like, just holding hands just because, like, we were just, like, trying to get through a crowd and just, like, you know, we we're just, like, together. So we we're just, like, making sure we're both safe. And I was just like, dang, like, is this okay? Like, are we safe if we do this? And it's just like one of those things that I don't even think about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, let, yeah, let, me, yeah let me explain that real quick. So, about. in terms of so South Korea stands, unfortunately, yeah. it's, it's a very conservative country, right? So, for Koreans, it's a nightmare uh, to be LGBT because because you because there's no anti discrimination law. So foreigners and Koreans can be fired if you're gay. Oh wow! You won't go to jail. You won't go to prison. Or anything like that. But yes, yeah, so. You can be fired or discriminated against if you are gay. Dang, I did not know that. I did not know it was very conservative, and that's why I was like, "Man, are we actually like?" Like, no, because no, no. LGBT, no, no. yeah, because Koreans, even to this day, they still kind of believe that. Oh, uh, oh, do you know that meme from Avatar? Meme was like uh, that girl smiling, saying, "There's no crime in Bongsing Se." That type of meme from Avatar. Yeah, the basic kind of like that in Korea, because there's no gayness in Korea. That's a foreigner thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. I could. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. That's but a like lot I said, of uh, foreigners, if for those who are thinking about coming to Korea and you're lesbian, gay, or bi, I would say keep it in the closet. Don't say anything because people have been fired for being gay. Yeah, that's so sad. That's so sad. It really sad. is. And unfortunately, even to this day, for Koreans, there are many LGBT Koreans who are in married to cis straight partners who don't want to be married to them, of course, but they have to because of cultural pressure and societal pressure right yeah i mean and so the me and them have kids i guarantee they didn't want to have families they didn't want to do any of that because but they have to right to keep up with appearances exactly uh, yeah I mean, i'm sure it's the same way in the states and other places but it's just so sad just let people live but you know yep bigotry gone bigotry Yep, exactly. <laughs> now, to be fair, there are LGBT, there are lesbian, gay, mm-hmm. and bi folk mm-hmm. teachers, foreigners who are teachers here in Korea. Right. But again, everybody would say just keep your mouth shut because you don't know. Right. Some employers might be cool with it, but you just don't know who might be. You know, so just be careful with that. Yeah. 
that's good advice. I think being careful, just making sure you're putting your trust in, you know, people you trust, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, just keep to yourself, personal items, personal business, keep that to yourself. Don't tell your employers or coworkers. Even the native coworkers, you got to be careful because some of them might be the snitch, you know. True. Yeah. Dang. That's just, yeah. <sighs> One day, hopefully, the world will be a better place. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I guess for some sage, uh, words, uh, you give, just like Sailor Moon Hatter, Sailor Moon says, phrase, and of every episode, what would your phrase be? Sailor Phil says. Um, Sailor Moon says, to quote Monkey D. Luffy for One Piece, if you don't take risks, you can't create a future. Yes, I love a One Piece reference. Luffy is one of my favorites. So. Yes, I completely agree. Completely agree. It's so true. Um, yeah, and what is next for you, and where can people find you? Um, like I said, so for the next year or two or three, I'm working on my next book. Um, so if you want to see my adventures, you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at the Blurred Explorer. Uh, both my ebooks, The Black Tribe's Guide to Inchon, Inchon spelling I N C H E O N. And the Black Tribe's Guide to Daegu Sakurai, Daegu, D-A-E-G-U. You can find them on Amazon right now. And like I say, if you want to, if you want to see more content like that, just uh, please support, uh, follow my content, and also share the books with your friends. If you know somebody who loves to travel, who loves reading, tell them, tell them to check out my book if they get a chance. Nice. And I just followed you on TikTok, so I'll be looking out for those TikTok videos. Um, and once again, I am Victoria L. Johnson, host of the Sailor Moon Fan Club podcast. And you can find me at Miss Old School on Twitter and Instagram. That's Old School with the K. And you can find me at Moody's Club on Twitter, Moody's underscore club on Instagram. Um, also on TikTok at Sailor Victoria. And if you want some merch, we have merch at Moody'sClub.com. And if you can, leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate us, let us know how we, if you like the podcast. Um, yeah, thanks for listening, Moonies. Thanks, Bill, for coming on the Sailor Moon Fan Club podcast. No, thank you for having me on. Bye, Moonies.